Welcome to Locked on Flames. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. And that's all your orders too. Today we will give you our top three reasons why we think the Flames can come back from being down 3-2 to the Stars. Plus we'll get into how much of a role Calgary's first line needs to play in the comeback. I'm Jess Belmosto alongside Sean Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. And we're back with another list. So Love the list. We need to make a yeah. list of all the lists we've done so far because we've <laughs> only been working together for a short few weeks, but yeah. we're killing the list. So It's so much fun. So we're going to dissect the top three reasons why we think the flames can come back right we are a i think naturally pessimistic show (laughs) um but i think you know it's it's 2020 so i think it's a everyone's naturally pessimistic these days so i'm this is this is us i believe trying to force our hand and be positive um so hopefully we have a positive show positive thoughts ahead of game six um that's what we're trying for here so jess if you were gonna you know tell someone why the flames are going to win this series and you had to list out the three reasons why or what we're about to do, what would be your third reason? What's the third reason why you believe uh, the flames can come back and win this series? You know, I would have to say motivation. I think that, you know, at the start of the season, they were coming off of that first round exit that still haunts them over a year later. Mm-hmm. And then they had uh, the Bill Peters incident that really could have just sent the team into a spiral. And I don't want to say tanking because tanking's done on purpose, but it could have sent them down um, a losing path. And they have something to prove. 100% that could have sent them down a losing path. And um, I definitely agree. The, the motivation is insane, like from, from last season. And we've, we talked about it when we did all our playoff previews, even with Harrison with from Locked On Jets, like, that embarrassment of last year's playoffs has hung over like that dark gray cloud on a rainy day and it hasn't left yet. And the sun kind of came out a bit during the Winnipeg series. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dallas quickly brought the clouds back to keep this metaphor going for a little bit too long. Um, my third reason that I think the flames can win this series is I'm going to go with lineup flexibility. Now um, it's been nice to see despite the negative of Matthew Kachuk being out uh what Tobias Reader specifically can do in terms of lineup flexibility. Like he went from being the third liner to the second liner to even the first liner. Right. Um, and it's not just reader reader has been like the, the most positive of all of this uh, in terms of lineup flexibility, but you know, Elias Lindholm we've seen move around. Um, I don't want to ever see that third line being broken up given how well they played in these yeah. playoffs of Lucic uh, and Dubé, but you know, everyone and Sam Bennett, of course, as well, but everyone on that line, I think, is playing so well right now as an individual that, you know, if if Jeff Ward had to do the break glass in case of emergency and kind of disperse all that positivity within his forward group, he could do that. And then the same thing kind of applies on defense, but to a much lesser degree, because I don't think we're going to see the defensive pairs being broken up at all. Um, but, you know, every defenseman has had a shining moment, moment, I think, in, in these playoffs so far, at least from an individual perspective, that if you had to shuffle things up for whatever reason at all, but um, you could. But, you know, it's, this is more on the offensive side that, um, you know, let's say the Flames win game six and 
or something crazy happens in game six and the flames have to do something crazier in terms of lineup manipulation to win, you know, they have that flexibility. And then going into game seven, if, if they win game six, um, you know, the flexibility to kind of shift to something else or shift back to what you had and then shift to something else. Like it's all there. So, um, you know, like with other teams, it, it's the Maple Leafs, I think might be a good example of this where you overthink the lines too much. And then it just mm-hmm. kind of becomes a negative. I think with the flames, they could literally just draw names out of a hat and probably be in an okay situation. So that's a big positive for me when you're trying to win two games in a row. Absolutely. And I think that the flames have what it takes to really just kind of adjust accordingly. And um, for number two, I have goaltending. I think that, you know, Cam Talbot has been huge for the Flames this, I mean, the qualifying round and this series. And we've talked about how concerning it is that he is the Flames' best player, but also how nice it is to see stability in net. And I think that he has it within him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree as well. It's been probably the most pleasant surprise of these playoffs so far has been yeah. Cam Talbot from the Flames perspective, at least. Um, so I'm 100% on board with goaltending. They may or may not make an appearance in my list soon, but stand Ooh. by for that. <laughs> number two for me is your number three. It is the motivation factor. Um, I could probably say motivation factor and then end the sentence by saying, you know, their season's literally on the line. That's all you need. Um, but you mentioned it when you kind of explained why, why motivation was on your positive list. Um, all this crap from last year in terms of the Colorado series being just an embarrassment. Um, I didn't even think of the Bill Peters situation. That's, you know, it is worth something. I don't know if the flames are even thinking about that right yeah. now. I, I really doubt they are, but um, you know, they've had to deal with a lot this year um, on and off the ice. So that you don't want to go out in the first round after a year they've had. So, um, cause it's been, you know, it's been wavy. There's been ups and there's been plenty of downs <laughs> as well. So it'd be nice to kind of, endure all of that for a reason instead of just enduring it to exit in the first round again. Right. So um, the motivation factor on the macro is, is there with the series being online and then it expands obviously to, um, you know, all that's, all that's been kind of the last, what would it be 18 months or so of Calgary Flames hockey, whatever the math is. So, (laughs) um, so let's recap quickly. Jess has number three. Uh, the third reason why the flames are going to win this series and come back is the motivation. Uh, That was my number two. Uh, Jess's number two was goaltending, and my number three was the lineup flexibility. Jess, what is your top reason, the number one reason, why you think the Flames are going to come back and win this series? Uh, Chemistry. And, I mean, I guess it kind of goes off of your number three with the lineup flexibility. Um, You know, you can just kind of move guys around, and because of the chemistry and just how talented this team is, they can just kind of vibe off of each other and get what you need. And that's goals. (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally agree. Chemistry and and lineup flexibility, like we're definitely in the same lane there. And our lists are very similar, which I think is telling. I think the reason that our lists are very similar is because I think it's a a rather simple formula for what the Flames need to do to win. Um, Mm -hmm. So just quickly, my number one is goaltending, which was also on your list. So uh, our lists are are very similar, if not the same, uh, which, you know, like I said, uh, I think is for an obvious reason. there's kind of one thing that I think factors into all of this, and we're going to get into this next segment 
how much does the first line need to contribute? Because like that's where the pressure is right now. The pressure is not on Cam Talbot, which is an amazing situation for the Flames to be in. Uh, I guess we're we're taking Cam Talbot for granted at this point, where we just expect that he's going to play well. Um, you know, that's not guaranteed by any means, but um, we're definitely taking him for granted. So the pressure is all on the first line. Uh, coming up next, Jess and I are going to discuss: Does the first line actually need to be the Flames' best line for them to come back in this series? Or is there at all a scenario that exists where the Flames' first line uh, maybe plays the way they have uh, all playoffs in these next two games, and it's just kind of there, um, but the Flames still end up winning? We'll get into that next. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. And Jess hinted to this uh, earlier when she mentioned them off the top of the show. With a lot of these podcasts, uh, commercials, and promotions, it is you get the code and you use the code once, and that's done. But our friends at Built Bar, they're helping you guys out. They're giving you $10 off every purchase when you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code locked on you can get that many times it's not just the one time uh for the next uh, at least few weeks as, as long as you use the promo code locked on you'll get ten dollars off at built bar and the thing we love about built bar and jess you have the personal experience of actually having tried a built bar is they're not your traditional protein bar they're not that protein bar that kind of tastes like you know sawdust or it's just bland and you know not a great texture and is either as hard as a hockey puck or like mm-hmm. just just disintegrates everywhere what do you love about tasting and eating a built bar? Oh, I love just how much it tastes like a candy bar and it doesn't have that gross protein bar, like a stereotypical sandpaper, grainy, mm-hmm. hard to get through taste to it. It's quite delightful. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. I mean, when the bars are covered in 100% chocolate like the Built Bars are and, and soft and easy to chew instead of that hard as a hockey puck bar, um, no wonder why it's so delicious. And for the past few times we mentioned our friends at Built Bar, I've been telling you about the six new flavors they added on top of the uh, amazing original 12, um, but I haven't mentioned any of the original 12. So let me just give a couple shout outs to things that sound very enticing to me. Um, German chocolate, that's awesome. Mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, Uh, There seems to be a chocolate trend here, but those are just uh, a few of the 12 original flavors that they have. And they just recently added six brand new flavors. So they have a total of 18 flavors uh, for you to choose from, from Built Bar. And the thing that's great about Built Bar, as just mentioned, is it tastes like that candy bar, uh, but it's not, doesn't have the nutrition of the candy bar. So let's look at the coconut almond bar, for example, 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, just five grams of sugar and five grams of net carbs. So for the next, uh, while supplies last as well, you get a free cooler with purchase. Just, just go to builtbar.com, use that promo code locked on, one word, locked on, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That is builtbar.com. Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to follow Sean and I over on Twitter. I'm at Jessica Belmosto, and Sean is at Sean underscore Labry. As you mentioned before, uh, you know, we're going to dive into the wonderful scenario of you know can the flames win this without the first line leading the way right what do because you well the first line is has not led the way kind of at all these playoffs mm-hmm. so it seems to me that for these next two games the most likely situation is that that first line continues to do what they've been doing which is not lead the way right so it did you know if i had to guess Here's what I'll say. I think we know a lot about what the Flames need to do to win uh, in these next two games, just based on what they've done so far these playoffs. So if the Flames' first line isn't going to play very well, at least five on five, uh, you better have Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monaghan contributing on that first power play unit. Um, 
you know, we've, we've given them a lot of flack as a line, as a whole. Uh, and sometimes we forget to mention that it's just, you know, they've been bad five on five, but on the power play, they've actually been decent. Um, and, and sometimes we do mention it. So um, I think if there, the scenario exists, but it only exists if that, if the flames first line players contribute on the power play, like they've continued to do. Um, what do you think? Are you as, as hopeful as I, am I just kind of trying to fool myself with this is, do you think there's a way the flames can win this series without that Goudreau line leading the way, at least offensively? Sure. I absolutely do. I think that it's going to be the third line. And, um, you know, obviously, like you said, the first line, it really just Goudreau and Monaghan on the uh, first power play unit would be wonderful. But I do think that um, somebody like Lucic knows what it's, knows what's at stake here and can uh you know really play well under pressure and can kind of get the the gears going for mm-hmm. that third line again because I know that they were going for a while there what was it like five points in five games or something like that so I think that I think that we can take a little bit of weight off of the first line right and you're 100 percent right like the fact like it's no slouch really to win that qualifying round and then now you're in game six of the of a first round series without your first line being your best line uh, like i think it speaks a lot to just an amazing job that the flames have done building up their depth um, and obviously like the lucic uh, signing in particular or trade i guess has been you know a little up and down sometimes we hated having lucic here but now he's kind of especially for someone like me who wasn't a fan of the movies he's, he's making that case as to why uh, he still has got some game left so uh, it's been nice to see the third line contribute i think the second line they've really felt that kachuk impact and today uh, jeff ward was asked about kachuk and um, nothing's changed so he is still day-to-day on day-to-day status and we probably won't find out until uh, the warm-ups tomorrow night um, and one other quick news and note item is Ben Bishop is still unfit to play. So it will be Anton Hudovin starting for the stars. Um, mm. So there you go. I mean, some more news and notes, but in, in terms of the first line, like, you know, it, it's, it has to be the third line and the second line that step up because it's, it's not going to be your fourth line. Right. But um, <laughs> you know, if, if the flames are going to win this series, like if they're going to do anything at all, um, most times I believe the first line is going to have to be their best line, but um, it's not to say, I guess, the, the whole point of this is that there is that scenario where they don't have to be that best line. You know, they don't have to live up to all this pressure we're putting on them, um, and the Flames can still win uh, despite their struggles. Absolutely, and I think that they've kind of proved that, uh, that it doesn't need to just be on the first line. You know, we have seen some production from the blue line, which is, I mean, it's nice, but that's really not their main goal as it is as forwards, um, as it is for forwards. But I'm not going to complain where a goal come from comes from at this point. Exactly. Especially, I think, yeah, I think all the Flames game. Right, the, the Flames feel all the same way. They they don't care who scores. Cam Talbot can score all the goals, and yeah, they'd be plenty fine. Here's a question for you: If if we went back in time to prior to the Jet series starting, and you know still prior to that series starting all we were talking about was johnny goudreau and goaltending really like those were the two things is can goudreau come back and play well and who the hell's going to start for the flames <laughs> if back then if i told you that the first line was going to struggle like they've done for most of the playoffs past would you tell jeff ward in a magical crystal ball hey you need to split these two guys up like would you ever split up goudreau and monaghan or um, is it a situation you think where, you know, Jeff Ward, you know, we saw it in game five, he moved Lindholm. Lindholm was the guy that got moved yeah. on the first line. 
to try and fix things. Like, do you think Monaghan and Goudreau should have ever been split up at some point these playoffs, just given how it's been, you know, a decent sample size of struggle? I Yeah, I mean, honestly, if that's what it's going to take, you got to try it all out. I'm really not opposed to mixing up and matching guys with new players and new line mates. Like it's, it's the playoffs. It's going to be chaotic and really it's going to be pure hockey, which is just stress and yeah, chaos and all sorts of God knows what in a 60 minute hockey game. Exactly. So, I mean, I, if that's what it's going to take to get goals, like I would absolutely be like, yeah, Hey, Sure, you might want to try this, but I don't know how it's going to work out. Try it for a shift or two, I guess, but I don't know. It is weird. Like it's, I think, I think um, Jeff Ford has kind of played the way he was always going to play it, where, um, you know, that's not a decision you make to split up Kudrow and Monahan until you're literally like on your last life. Yeah. So it, it could very well be something we see tomorrow if the Flames are down a couple goals early in the game and, they really need to spark something where you just kind of throw all caution to the wind and just, you know, put everyone everywhere and every, you know, Goudreau could be playing with Dubé or something and um, that they get split up. So, you know, I think it, it might happen tomorrow if it's going to happen at all, but um, it would have been, I think it would have stirred a lot of pots if, if Ward did split the two of them up um, midway through oh, the playoffs. Yeah. So um, there we go. I think we both kind of have settled and agreed that the Flames can win, even if their first line is not their best line in these next two games. Uh, but coming up next segment, Jess and I have really tried to be positive this show and give you a positive preview of Game 6. In our final segment today, we will tell you whether we actually believe ourselves or not and try to pre- kind of predict how this series will play out. Um, as the Flames are now down 3-2 to the Stars and have their series on the line tomorrow night, you are listening to Locked on Flames. Locked on Flames with Jess Belmosto and Sean Lavery continues. Don't forget to follow our show's Twitter feed at LO underscore Flames. We have been positive for two-thirds of the show, uh, so I would just like to put that on the record and that that may be the most we've been positive in a single show. Yeah, I mean, it's been the pessimistic <laughs> flame show. I think that's, you know, the nice way to talk about hockey is, you kind of set the expectation low and then when they exceed expectation, you can kind of be happy and, and celebrate. Um, whereas if we were positive flame show the whole time, um, it wouldn't be as fun of a show. Be like, no. oh, well, they did exactly what they thought they were going to do. At least, you know, in that series against Winnipeg, for example, where they played so well, eh, you know, they did exactly what we thought they were going to do. So um, you're right though. It, it's been, I think we've, we've, we're trying to be positive at the hardest time. So good on us. Now, Jess, do you actually, in these last two segments, everything you said, where we went as far as ranking the top three reasons why the Flames are going to win this series, do you actually believe yourself? Like, what? I guess if you're if you're laying the odds and kind of playing the percentages, what are the chances that Calgary does come back and win this series? Um, well, th- there is a 50-50 chance. True. Mathematically but- correct. And I'm I'm not a math person, so but I do know that it's two teams. There's a 50-50 chance, but um, you know I would say that there's a good chance. I don't think that um, you know, or sorry, I do think that um, having their season on the line is a huge factor. And like we talked about earlier in the show, they have so much motivation to play off of. Yes, and it's not 
regular circumstances. So just like go in and do it and just win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. So you said 50, 50, I'm, I'm on the fence, which I believe uh, when you translate that to math is also 50, 50. Um, <laughs> Our friend Derek Wills from Sportsnet 960, the fan, he does the play-by-play for all the Flames on the radio. He had a, a stat today on the radio that I heard. Uh, I hope I'm remembering this correctly, but I, I might be wrong. Uh, in the last, so when the Flames are playing best of seven series, whenever Calgary's gone down three to two, they are zero and nine in those series. If I remember Derek's stat correctly, so um, the Flames as a franchise don't have a, a necessarily great history of of being down three two in, in a best of seven series. Um, but we kind of, you know, we, we laid it out the last two segments that I think Kudobin starting for the Stars, um, I'm not knocking Kudobin, but I think the Flames do have an opportunity to kind of get to him uh, in a way and, and get in his head perhaps and um, just take advantage of him being in net. Um, and we, we laid it out last segment. Like the Flames' first line hasn't been their best line. Um, but I think, like we mentioned, there is a scenario where they can absolutely win this series um, with the Flames' first line continuing to not be very good. Now, if the Flames' first line does become their best line, um, you know, that kind of just throws everything out of the window. Like, um, that, that would change things so much for the Flames, especially and especially if Matthew Kachuk was still out um, and not playing tomorrow. So, um, you know, we, we were kind of pitching that segment based on what we've seen in the past, but if the Flames' first line changes the narrative and kind of surprises us, I guess, um, those chances of the Flames coming back and winning this series uh, increases that much more. I just have this feeling in my stomach personally, like the Flames are going to play really well tomorrow um, mm-hmm. and win game six and then just lay an egg in game seven. That's what I think is going to happen. But I mean, the beauty of that is just even forcing a game seven is a great thing yeah. because then it's just down to one game and you know who knows what will happen in one game, right? Absolutely. I was going to say, you know what, if they are even – lucky enough to force that game seven, it would be a testament to how far they've come since the last playoffs. And, um, you know, they lose, they lose, but at least you made it that far. Yeah. I mean, you're right. If they, if they win game six tomorrow, you know, I think there's some like obvious learning from last year's playoffs. If they were to lose game six, and maybe this is something to keep in mind as a conversation to have going forward, if they were to lose game six tomorrow, is that kind of like, well, that's the same old flames, despite the fact they beat Winnipeg. Um, you know, it's the same old flames. They can't get it done in the playoffs. They, they happen to get lucky in a best of five where the other team loses their best player for, or two of their best players for a few games. So, um, you know, that could be a whole nother conversation, but um, we've seen some, some signs of life from the flames um, just mm-hmm. from the top down um, at different points in these last four games against the stars where the stars or sorry, is it five? Yeah. Five games against the stars where the stars have been uh, the better team. So it'll be an interesting one tomorrow uh, on a, on a quick tangent, the NHL is just losing their mind with picking start times. Like, I don't know if, if yeah. you're on the same wavelength I am on this, but like they had I'm... such a great chance to have. So there's two games tomorrow. It's the Islanders playing the Capitals and then the Flames playing the Stars. Um, and Jason Greger, who works for TSN 1260 in Edmonton, tweets out, you know, they should have just had the East Coast game be at 6 Eastern and then the next game be at 9 Eastern. And instead, it's it's at 1030 Eastern and then 6 Eastern on, on for the first game. So I don't know about you, Jess, but the NHL is just not yeah. nailing the start times. Again. 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 <laughs> I just I feel like they just have like a randomizer like there's no logical thinking behind it it's like I'm just gonna throw some times into a hat and pick it out 
and that's how it's being, you know, decided. But, I mean, at least I'll be able to enjoy, um, like, a post-dinner coffee or two, I guess. Um, (laughs) Hopefully. I don't know. Maybe take a nap during the day. It'll be needed. I think we'll all need that because it might be a late night then. If the Flames lose, it might even be a later night. Or if they win, it might even be a later night. Who knows? I guess it could be a late night uh, either way. But on that note, actually, quickly, uh, we will not be having a podcast tomorrow. Um, We're not going to do one before the game. Instead, we'll have one on Friday uh, to react to game six, however that may be. And then we will also have one on Saturday. Hopefully that Saturday one will either be a preview or a reaction to a game seven. Um, But it might just be another day of the flames postmortem kind of wrapping up the season that was so um quick note just no podcast tomorrow a quick little uh, skip of a day and then we'll be back with two more on friday and saturday um, and like we said hopefully previewing a game seven or at least recapping a game seven yes and make sure to follow us over on twitter at jessica belmosto and sean underscore lavery be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode of Locked on Flames as soon as it's available each day. And please don't forget to subscribe to Locked on Stars with Josh Clark and Kevin Nash as the two of those guys will have you covered from Dallas's perspective for these, well, hopefully final two games. That's right. Final two games. Yes. Speaking it into existence. 